Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again. This edition is made possible by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high quality mobility for all. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. This is a special, a special edition here. You are on the road from Texas. Tell us where you are. Well, I'm in Boca Chica, Texas at Starbase. And as you can see, hopefully on my over my right hand uh, shoulder is the Rocket Garden here at Starbase. And, uh, and Elizabeth and Helen and I are taking a visit of Starbase and uh, looking at the, what the SpaceX has constructed here in Texas and uh, uh, will be sometime soon, hopefully launching Starship. Uh, you can see what I think is booster six over my right hand shoulder. And uh, we're going to go on down the road and go to Megazilla in the launch facility. And hopefully we'll see booster seven and Starship 20 and 26 there and uh, just uh, having a time of my life but checking one off the bucket list. I was going to say you're looking like a pretty happy man Alan. I am a happy camper because of course we tried to come here this morning but the road was closed so our effort uh, because they were doing testing and then I, I got a text message this afternoon saying the road is open so here we are and uh, we'll take this segment, maybe in a couple minutes, we'll take another one, but it is, it is really phenomenal. And it's amazing to be here in person um, outside the facility that you know, uh, Route 4 is a public road that goes down to uh, Boca Chica Beach. And uh, they can only close it the, during the week and maybe four weekends a, a year. And otherwise you can just drive on down and, and see it. But something you can't do at the Cape, you can't do at Vandenberg, and I haven't tried it at, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Russia or China. So here we are in good old USA. Uh, Rio Grande is just over here, and, uh, and we'll tell you more in a few minutes. Well, you know, for our audience, Alan, uh, they may not be aware that uh, as a young man, early in your career, this was your ambition. To, to work in the space program. Yeah, and well, all my degrees are in aerospace engineering and uh, you know, we were, uh, we were really preparing to go to Mars in the late 60s. And um, uh, we made it to, to the moon, but unfortunately uh, that became very boring very quickly. And um, I don't think the same thing is happening with driverless vehicles today. Um, you know, just because we've got uh, Waymo and, uh, and uh, Cruise to do a couple driverless rides in, in, in San Francisco and Phoenix, um, I still think it's going to it's going to go and really provide mobility uh, to a lot of people. People value that mobility and, and improve their quality of life. But here, uh, this is a, a view into the future. Is to me such a facility has been built and it's been built by a private company. Yes, it's gotten a lot of help from government assistance and so on and so forth. And we've gotten to this point without it, but uh, my goodness, uh, what an accomplishment. 
Alan, you've you've moved along here. So give us a, an overview of where you are now. Uh, so uh, where we are now is at the launch site, which is about a mile or two down from the uh, star base where they assemble these things. And you can see behind me, you can see um, uh, booster uh, seven, which they're the one, that's the one they're preparing, which we, many of us anticipate would be the first one to launch. And then behind it, the, the tall tower behind it is Megazilla, which is the launch tower. And, uh, and, and on top, right on, as you can see on top of the, of the uh, booster, you can see the chopsticks. The chopsticks are really ready to grab it and, and move it over to the, the, the launch point, the launch tower, which is, it has a little railing around it, which is where it's gonna launch from. On top of this, they'll stack uh, uh, Starship uh, number 24, I believe it is. I hope I have that right, number 24. And then uh, that two-stage system will blast off from here. Uh, I don't know, but maybe some of them were doing six months ago. And, and, uh, they do, but now they're uh, to about any week now. Uh, maybe this month, maybe not this month. Uh, they're going to launch it. <laughs> I guess uh, they won't let any, anybody this close because I guess the planes will come out from underneath that sucker. I mean, I don't know. Maybe everything will boil, boil over. Probably not. Although they have yet to, to light all 33 engines and, uh, on the booster. And when they do, um, uh, we'll see what happens. I think the, the, the biggest test they've had so far is 31 engines at 50% power. But we'll see what happens, and it'll launch from here. Now, the thought is, is not only the second stage, uh, which has the heat shields on it, will then uh, achieve orbit and then re-enter the atmosphere and land uh, somewhere in the Pacific near, near uh, the Hawaiian Islands. But the booster will then uh, go out over the, uh, the Caribbean here and, uh, and then do a flip and do a boost back bird and actually come back essentially right where it is and with that uh, landing bird um uh, hopefully you reach a point at which it has uh, zero velocity and it's right where it needs to be and the chopsticks are going to grab it catch it and then put it back on the launch tower I, really i mean who thinks up this stuff um whatever um but um, anyway all excited about being here to uh, actually see it i mean i've been watching it with all the you know, would you show the cameras here on cars that are all around us like these guys just sit here and take uh video uh, and put it on the tube 24 7. um but um uh, it's one thing to watch it on the internet it's another, another thing to sit here and be here and actually see it and see it from this close i mean you know, to get this close at, at Cape Canaveral, is, you know, you have to have so many passes and so much whatever, never get there. Anyway, uh, so nice to report from here. So what do you think, Fred? Absolutely amazing. Now, we had uh, talked a, a little bit before, but tell us more about what, well, what, your, what your thoughts are about this being a, a private enterprise, being able to accomplish this. Yeah, I mean, one would have thought Governments could, the Russians tried, uh, we tried, uh, the Chinese are not trying. Uh, but it looks
looks like maybe what's going to happen here on this thing is that uh, is that a private company or or you know right now it seems like spacex is in a lead but uh, you know we, we also have bezos's company and out there trying and there are other about companies that. so I guess you haven't run into Elon down there yet. Uh, no, no. I, yeah, well, I, I'm sure he'll come down for the launch. Uh, we haven't spied him. <laughs> and I think, you know, there are people that they're, I think, trying to watch where his plane goes to see when he actually does show up down here because then everybody on the, the launch is about to happen. But a lot of, lot of preparation has to be done for a launch. Uh, you know, the FAA has to give, uh, has to give authorization. It isn't going to be done in secret, and it probably will get scrubbed a few times. Look at the, uh, Artemis; how many times that was scrubbed before NASA was actually able to do it. So, you know, the expectation that it actually goes on the first of uh, somewhat certified launch date is probability that's probably you know, minus two or something, which ten to minus two is pretty high probability. And the tanks behind you, are those, are those fuel tanks? No, the tanks, uh, that's all the liquid, uh, uh, the methane and, um, and liquid oxygen that has to go into the, the rocket. You know, you, you need the fuel and you need the oxidized tanks. They have, of course, all the plumbing that goes in there. And on top of the, the, um, the chopsticks, uh, that, that thing that's on top of the chopsticks, is um, is a quick disconnect of the, of the starship, the second stage. So at, at time at the time of, of launch, you just be at time of ignition minus half a second or something. And that thing quickly disconnects because it's, the, the, it's provided power and so on. And then of course that's where how the fuel got in. And there's also one uh, lower on the on the on the launch stand um, that um, uh, that that's taking care of the booster. So there's one up and there's one down. And, you know, within, I don't know, T minus one second or something, they disconnect. And of course, they start the ignition process three seconds before launch time. And they get the engines up to full thrust and they're holding it down. And there are all these release mechanisms there that all of a sudden have to work and let that sucker go. Controversial for some of the uh, people who were accustomed to going down to Boca Chica for spring break, that it kind of interrupts the atmosphere there. But to you, this is this is where it's at, right? Yeah, this is where it's at. So you know, across across the um, the, the channel to Brownsville and so on is, is uh, South Padre Island getting ready for spring break. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 
this thing goes in two weeks, maybe, you know, right at the tail end of spring break, then they'll have the biggest fireworks they've ever seen down here. <laughs> I mean, when, when you light uh, uh, 33 Raptor two engines at the same time, um, whatever, you know, biggest rocket ever, ever ignited. Really, really exciting, Alan. So tell us, uh, sum up for us, how you're feeling being down there and seeing all of this in, in person, absorbing it. Well, it just makes it real. I mean, you know, watching it, you didn't know the amount of money that has to go in to do this, to build this. Oh my goodness, this is non-trivial. And to do it in, in the timelines that they've done it, um, enormous accomplishment. And it wasn't just Elon. I mean, no, no one person. I mean, it's this whole team. It's everybody. I just went and, and uh, thanked the guy that was picking up the, the the rubbish around. Thank you for doing that. I mean, it takes everybody to make this happen. You know, from people who who um, pick up rubbish in, around the site to the Elon up and down. I mean, that's you got to have a team. A better investment than Twitter, one might think. <laughs> I mean, the Twitter's, look, I mean, Twitter's probably going to turn a profit in a year. And then the people are going to say, oh, whatever. Twitter needs cleaning, cleaning, whatever. Well, Alan, this is really terrific. You, you're taking the time to, to show our audience what you're looking at down there. Very exciting. Well, you know, I'm like a kid in a candy store here. I mean, absolute kid in a candy well, hopefully we'll get to see a launch before too long in person like that too. That would be that would be something. But just being there is pretty good. With respect to the success of the launch, the expectation. I mean, it's it's, it's not better than 50-50 that it's going to work. I mean, one one can't have that expectation. I mean, you know, everybody's tried and so on, but as we know, we don't know what we don't know. And there are probably a lot of things about this thing that we don't know. Now, whether or not it's going to be able to hold it down and then release it simultaneously, the thing just pops. That's a sufficient number of the 33 Raptor 2 engines, which are basically the, the, the most powerful engines ever ever created. Um, as, as, as people put it in. And Elon has put it, you know, one of the biggest things with respect to, to the those engines is to, is to get the combustion chamber to not melt. The combustion chamber melts before, you know, they're done thrusting. The thing doesn't go up very far. And of course, they have all sorts of uh, detonators on board to be able to destroy it before it all comes down in one big thing and destroys everything. I think, I think you, know, you want to probably find quotes where, where it's been said that you know, success on the first launch is not destroying Meg Megazilla. Destroy Megazilla. Got to build another one to do the second launch. So that's what they're up against. So no wonder it's gotten delayed. It didn't happen six months ago. It didn't happen three months ago. It didn't happen last week. And Just, just terrific. I've seen a Tesla or two drive by while while you're talking. So yeah, maybe I mean, those and so on. They're all over the place. Of course. I mean, there are all sorts of other cars all over the place too. So it's one big happy family. 
just terrific. Well, thank you, Alan, for, for spending the time to, to show us what, what you're doing down there. Really terrific. And uh, you are going to come back, right? You're not filling out a job application? They would never hire me. Uh, I mean, look, uh, I'll pick up the trash. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Just terrific. Well, thank you, Alan. And uh, thank you to CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, for helping to make this special edition of the podcast possible. CARTS is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high quality mobility for all. You can find us, of course, at smartdrivingcar.com, wherever you get your podcasts and your smart speakers can play us too. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening or watching. Time for the countdown. <laughs> Thank you all.